0: Hello, my finest of friends, and welcome to another edition of Rahalastapa. This week, we're back in a live venue. I have recovered from COVID, recorded a few weeks ago. I'm at the Phoenix in the Cavendish Square with the wonderful Ahir Shah, his second appearance on Rahalastapa. I think he did a Rehef as well. Um, Terrific young man, very intelligent, very funny. We talked a bit about politics and wondered whether Boris Johnson would still be Prime Minister by time of broadcast. Well, only time will tell. Um, Look, we're doing more of these live, coming up very soon. Uh, The Leicester Comedy Festival on the 19th of February with Jos Norris and Rebecca Wheatley. Still a few tickets left for that one. Uh, They're back at the Leicester Square Theatre on Mondays from the 28th of February. Guests so so far confirmed are Charlie Borman. How will we know who's the guest and who's the host? We've got Jamie Dimitrio from uh, Stafflet's Flats. And we have Armando Iannucci. Uh Go to richardherring.com slash gigs. You can see when and where those guys are. We're going to be trying to book more guests very soon, aiming for big names. It's worth booking ahead. richardherring.com slash gigs. Be lovely to see you there live. It's much better live. It's lots of fun live. And you get to see the bits that get cut out because they're too naughty. Anyway, let's sit back, relax and enjoy Rahalastapa with Ahir Shah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Phoenix. Please welcome the man that COVID couldn't kill. It's Richard Herring. I'm indestructible. I'm 100% indestructible. I don't feel it. Let's see. Let's see how we. I'll, I'm going to die soon. It'll all be fine. Welcome, my friends. Lovely to see you. Lovely to be doing a live one again after a few uh, remote ones. Welcome to Richard Herring's London Shitting Traffic podcast. Um, <laughs> not what you think, it's a new podcast about uh, the horse drawn vehicles in the capital. <laughs> in those days, yeah, it's been fun, hasn't it? Uh, people in my village have been very upset about uh, horses doing uh, shits on the pavement. <laughs> That's what happens when you live in the countryside. <laughs> Just put it on your garden. Apparently, that is the that's the horse rider's view. Anyway, uh, but uh, I was talking to the 1921 committee the other day. They were formed one year before the 1922 committee, and it's only one bloke in the 1921 committee, but he still thinks it's worth adhering to something that would happen hundred years ago. Uh, anyway, he calls it Rallisterpas. So we'll see how <laughs> that catches on. Lovely to be here. The things we were meant to be here last week, uh, but we went remote instead because uh, I had uh, the COVID. The COVID. I had the COVID nineteen. Don't know anything about that. Don't know. It's good. It's a good one. Uh, but so it's lovely to be live. We are doing lots more live shows coming up, uh, including the Leicester Comedy Festival, and then back at the Leicester Square Theatre at the end of February. So do come along, uh, both people here and at home. Uh, tickets are available. RichardHerring.com/gigs. Um, uh, I've been obsessed with This is going out in a, a few weeks from now, so it's hard to predict what, what anything except that Boris Johnson will still be the Prime Minister. <laughs> That's all I can predict. Uh, as we're talking, the news has just broken that he had his birthday party during lockdown. <laughs> well, it'll probably be all right, won't it? It's probably... He'll get away with it. Uh, so, uh, But I've, I've become a bit obsessed with Michael Fabricant, who uh, seems to be... Uh, seems to have taken over the Toby Young role in the Tory party uh, basically the buffoon is prepared to go on TV and defend anything and everything that the Prime Minister is doing regardless of common sense or facts however stupid it makes them I don't know what they get out of I don't know what Toby Young he doesn't seem to have got anything out of it but he used to be that guy uh, I preferred the more subtle comedy character of Toby Young uh, puffed up and pompous beyond his abilities but it was at least believable that that deluded character actually thought the things he was saying uh, for me Comedy has to... A Comedy character's better if it's just grounded more in reality. It's devalued, you know, if they stoop to putting in funny teeth or, or give them, I don't know, a ridiculous wig or... For... Toby Young was kind of... That was a funny name. It was like, Toby's quite a funny name, and Toby Young, he wasn't young, and so that was funny. It was quite... The comedy writers came up with a good one there. But whoever came up with Michael Fabricant... Uh, again, that, too, it's too on the nose, isn't it? It's too much of a... Too much of a comedy name. Uh, they perhaps thought about calling Michael Fabricated, but they thought, no, that's too that's too much on the nose. So make it like fabric, make it like a Fabricated replicant who's taking the Michael, that could, that could work. Uh, I mean, they didn't go for Michael Fabricant, which is why I think I'd have gone that way. But you can say it like that if you want to, so it, it, can, it can work out. Uh, I'll give the writers of something. It's a good parody uh, of the Tories to have someone stand there lying to us with his hair. Uh, even without having to say a thing. it's just lying. The Tories can't even tell the truth with their own hair. That is, but they have the effrontery to stand there lying and not even attempting to make the lie seem believable. In fact, they seem insistent on bare lying and making the lie deliberately unbelievable. But no, if they double down uh, and they do it for long enough, they'll get away with it. And that is, that is the, uh, that's the Michael Fabricant. Michael Fabricant. Fab- it's like the fabric cunt. It's like a Viz character. I like it. So anyway, I'm, I'm obsessed with him. If I was him, I'd just change You know, he can change it occasionally. I have mean, it's a different prime minister. He'll have a different wig. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I've done some, politi- done some biting political comedy there. Because I guess this week is uh, a very political man. Uh, he's probably best known for his role as Dr. Kulkarni uh, in series four of Relativity of Radio Force. Reds. He hasn't gone out yet, but that is what he is... That's what he is. Still is his most known role. That's probably what he gets stopped in the street about. Will you please welcome the amazing Ahisha, ladies and gentlemen. Here he comes. Oh, oh I managed to get up on the stool okay as well.
1: Hello, Richard. Hello, how are you doing? Hello. Uh, well, I'm doing very well, and uh, thank you for casting me in that uh, role, because <laughs> it's the closest that I've ever got to a medical degree. <laughs> and, uh, uh, many of my family were very thrilled.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, he'll pay. My, you will never guess what happens to my character. In uh, the next series of relativity. Uh, but uh, here's the doctor who diagnoses, well, fa- actually fails to diagnose testicular yes. cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, I, I was about away. as useful
1: as I would be as an actual medical <laughs> <Yeah>. professional.
0: <yeah. laughs> there we go. Thank you for doing that. Was it fun working with, acting alongside me? It was extremely fun acting yeah. alongside you, yeah. actually.
1: You were you were incredibly professional. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and everything. And uh, you had uh, jet black hair and uh, <laughs> you had uh, just a succession of other lies. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it was very fun. Oh, well, it's good. Well, you, ha- you have
0: been on this show before as well. Uh, and uh, we're going to try and not talk about any of the stuff we talked about before, but I can't remember Well that was. <laughs> I wasn't going to listen to it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this podcast is going out on the sixteenth of February.
1: Yeah. Okay, so which yeah. means that we have to refer to our former Prime Minister Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Do you have a, Do you have any strong feelings about what's going to happen? Do you think it's? Do you think
1: he's? It's over for well, him? Well, I mean, I, I've been thinking that perhaps the party would just want him to hobble along until the May elections, and then he can get wiped out. Uh, and then the new leader doesn't have any of that right. uh, hanging around their necks. But equally, I'm like, you know, from, from a from a party political standpoint of someone who does not particularly like the Conservative Party, this is all delicious. For me, <laughs> from the perspective of someone who actually has to live in this country and would rather it had a functional government, <laughs> it's not ideal. Yeah, <laughs> not so good. But is that? What I think. Why are Labour
0: trying to get him to resign? Do they? Do they secretly think if he can weather this, that like in two years' time people will still vote for him, or do you think? I, I don't. It seems like a liability now to see he stays but, there.
1: But I think that you know it's been this sort of. Uh, media build up that oh Johnson's Teflon nothing sticks to him and it's like well yes if no one mentions any of the things that he does sure then <laughs> nothing's going to stick to him or like uh, was it like oh he connects with the he's had negative favorability ratings for his entire time uh, yeah. as Prime Minister and arguably the only reason that he got elected in the first place was A get Brexit done and B I'm not Jeremy Corbyn uh, <laughs> right and uh, so now that we're in a situation where oh Brexit is done and the leader of the Labour Party is no longer Jeremy Corbyn how long can you keep uh batting that uh, uh banging that drum
0: mm. and I what, think he's
1: fucked mate
0: I think he I think, he's, I think he is fucked. I think he's but fucked but but if and I it's were...
1: so nice actually it's lovely
0: <laughs> well I'm glad to see him go down so to speak I don't want to see him go down um but I've, I was Keir Starmer I'd be going no don't resign mate you're doing you're doing all right keep it up, you're doing <laughs> it up. keep trying because you know that's Keir Starmer doesn't actually have to do anything which you know is
1: lucky for him, because <laughs> that seems to be his default position—just <laughs> sit and wait for them to make some, such a bad mistake that he gets in. It'll be quite like I think that recent uh, PMQs have been the first ones during I think my lifetime I've watched and thought that looks like a fun gig. <laughs> it's like, oh, who books
0: PMQs? I want to get on that. <laughs> and what do you make of Mike? What do you think? My, what do you think Michael Fabricant gets out? very careful with his name, uh, gets out of going on TV and A, lying to us back with his hair, and B, <laughs> do you know, what, what is it? It's Toby Young did it before, and Michael Fabrican does it now. He's the guy they wheel out for everything, just to go, yeah, no, he's doing great, and it's everyone else. Yeah. And if you think about it, Muslims are a bit weird. So, you know, it's, <laughs> we're not We're not Islamophobic here. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just true.
1: Well, I mean, like... Uh, that's w- him if- saying that. that's <laughs> <laughs>
0: for people at home who couldn't didn't see my characterization really I mean coming <laughs> coming as
1: I do from an Indian Hindu background it, Michael Fabricant would get on with a disappointing number of my family but, uh, 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> not for you, actually. um
1: but no I I find Fabricant absolutely firstly on the subject of Toby Young yeah. I don't know, is is Toby Young a particular Sort of obsession of yours. Well,
0: I he was I did a show with him uh, on TV in about 2004 where we rowed in a boat. We did an Oxford-Cambridge boat race, a uh, celebrity Oxford-Cambridge boat race, and I was in a boat with right. uh, Toby Young and uh, Jonathan Aitken was the cox. Right. It was, it was quite the wrong way around because Toby Young's smaller than I am, and uh, John Jonathan Aitken is about six foot six, so he was the cox, <laughs> and we were all these tiny people rowing. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it was... I I, I liked... Uh, I liked Jonathan Aitken. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that I, I got on with is, Jonathan Aitken. And how,
1: how old is Toby young?
0: Uh, he's not young, that's the no, thing. No, he's, he must big. have been young once, so you know, but that's what... Don't give your kids... No, don't call your kids baby... <laughs> baby what small biggest? human, because they grow bigger. Uh, he is, I think he's a little bit older than me, I would say. Right. So okay. But I'd was he contemporaneous
1: he... with you? Because knowing no, by your so. age, I assume Cameron and Johnson were both contemporaneous I with think, you I
0: think. I think they were there. I didn't know them. I knew I knew of their... Oh, I've seen you in the Buller photos. <laughs> I, knew <laughs> their, I knew of their sort of type. I remember Michael, Go- Michael Gove was president of the Oxford Union and we did comedy in the Oxford Union. Right, yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing a picture of Michael Gove Sitting in the committee photo wearing a kilt, and I thought he was a cunt. (laughs) It turned turned out I was right. Turned out he was right. I don't know why. You know, it's all right to wear a kilt, but. Not but, if you, not if you, Michael. Go. <laughs> uh, I uh,
1: just um, for people who aren't aware, uh, I find Toby Young abidingly fascinating <laughs> because his uh, father, Michael Young, wrote a book called *The Rise of the Meritocracy*, which is a very, very uh, good and interesting book uh, about the uh, it, uh, like the eventual dangers of approaching, uh, of putting meritocratic hierarchies uh, on society because it's like who defines merit and everything. And then uh, Toby Young just got let into Oxford, semi, <laughs> semi accident probably because his dad was like oh, I'd quite like it if Toby went uh, <laughs> uh, i was like all right that's how thin that principle was uh, anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah well, his dad was very left-wing right and he's mm. and he's not so left-wing Toby so he's yeah. he's just the sort of I mean but he made a living out of he wrote a book called that he wrote that book that became a film with Simon Pegg in it which was about him going to New York as a journalist and mm-hmm. uh, how did how to get ahead and irritate people or something. It was called. He was playing around with that in which he was an annoying yeah. journalist. Was it, it?
1: It was lose friends and alienate people. That's right. Yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Because yeah. there's the well, because I, I Lenny Bruce's autobiography is called How to Talk Dirty and Influence People. Right. And there's a, uh, there's a,
0: there's How to Make Friends and Influence yeah. People is the this famous 50s so they were book. Both, think, yeah. yeah. They're both sort of parodying that. Yeah. Uh, so you know he was sort of a a jokey figure. I, I sort of I didn't mind him uh, in a rowing boat. <laughs> we stayed in the rowing boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I So would you say we did, that you we, we, were... me, and, me and Emma Kennedy were in it, were training for the marathon at the time, right? And part of the reason I did it was I thought this would be good training to get me fit. And we went for a run one lunchtime just to keep him with the running. And Toby said, oh, I'll come with you. And then we got about halfway and then we turned around to turn back again. And he just sprinted off, right? And so he was like, it was a race. And just disappeared and kind of went, what are you doing? Why? And that sort of sums him up, really, that he was just... Would you
1: say that win. you were most fond of Toby Young where there was an imminent threat of drowning?
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> if if we went, the boat went over, I would have grabbed onto Toby Young to save myself. I suppose. He's a good life boy. Empty heads are buoyant. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know. I just, It sort of seems like he the role he plays in the Tory government is to just go and defend the indefensible. But he hasn't hmm. done it for a bit, and now...
1: Yeah, Fabricant no, with, with Fabricant, I think it's it's largely a case of no cabinet minister is willing to go out on the airwaves and debase themselves to the extent that they would need to in order to justify this fucking cancer on the British body politic. <laughs> uh, I don't like him. Uh, <laughs> I just want to make that... I know that I'm pulling my punches here. Uh, but um, And so it just gets left up to whoever is either... Stupid or heinous enough yep. to actually put themselves forward for that task, uh, and that's how you end up with these utterly insane backbenchers uh, deciding to go out.
0: Do you think he thinks that we think it's his real hair? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. I don't really understand. I mean, no, it's fine if you want to. You know, I understand. I suppose wearing a wig to a, a certain extent, mm-hmm. in that some people think being bald's a bad thing. I don't think it is. Just trying to look for some... But there's, oh, there, there, there's a proper one. Um, <laughs> would you ever consider wearing a wig? to, like my, If I could get you Michael Fabricant's wig. Yeah, do you try it on? <laughs> I mean, it's just because it's sort of so obviously... I mean, some of them are a, a little better than that. It feels like it's become his... You know, must know, because every time he tweets something on Twitter, people talk about it. So you must know people have, have, have twigged.
1: Um, LAUGHTER Think, do you not think that this is one of those things where it's like, it's gone so far one way that now I'm a bit like, that's his head. Yeah, I,
0: well, I did, I, I, that was, I, did, I did wonder that today. I was wondering if, you know, like you start, if someone lies enough about something, you start going, hmm. well, maybe it, maybe it is true. Maybe Dominic Cummings did drive on a country <laughs> road for 40 miles to test his eyesight with his family in the back <laughs>
1: yeah. in case he
0: couldn't drive. But he took his family with him just so it would be realistic if yeah. they crashed. He could assess what kind Who of damage. You about that, <laughs> <laughs> mate. It's so crazy. Maybe, and he was so insistent it was true. <laughs> so maybe that's it. So I did start wondering whether it might be his actual hair. Mm. And then, in which case, I feel sorry for him because it looks so like a wig.
1: I think so, because I think that that's a thing with... Like, a lot of people think that Trump's is a wig. Yeah. Uh, but apparently it is. And there are, like, you can see diagrams of how it actually works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, the various <laughs> folds that he has to do. But it's just... It's actual very long hair uh, to cover a bald... Like, uh, th- there was a, uh, a guy I used to uh, walk past in the street at university okay, I guess he was an old professor who had almost, like, a similar thing. Like, he was entirely bald on the top and everything else was extraordinarily long that yeah. he'd clearly artfully, and it was always quite entertaining to see him in a high wind. Um, <laughs> but I, So that's what Trump's got. And maybe Fabricant's got, like, the implausible and the impossible are different yeah. things. Yeah. And I think that that's a very important thing Maybe to it's mind. his arse
0: hair, and that's just why it's that weird <laughs> texture.
1: <laughs> and it's just combed up from the
0: back. <laughs> so if, it, if it's his arse hair, it's, it's luxuriant, it's lovely. <laughs> He should be, should be proud of it. If you can only grow hair out. That's true because you get older. I mean, not for me because I'm, you know, I'm so virile. Uh, I've mm. got a lovely head of hair, but most, but my ass yeah, has definitely yeah. got hairier. One of his
1: balls are four of most <laughs> men. That's <laughs> true.
0: <laughs> but that's you know, but the, we, you're offered when you lose a testicle, you're offered a, a prosthetic testicle, mm-hmm. and that's the sort of so that's even sort of more. I can understand again, like if you're young and. You might be nervous about sexual encounters, but hey, no one's gonna notice. You're, no one's looking at your balls, mate. No one's looking at your balls. No one ever looks at your balls. No one in a change room is looking at your balls. Because <laughs> you're not meant to look at each other's genitals, but like you would have to go. You'd have to look round the penis, and then, if you're looking at people, you're looking at their cocks, right? But you're not. But you know, you can't do it because it's a changing room. So no one's looking <laughs> at your balls. But it's so it's just for your. It's sort of a self-esteem thing for yourself, yeah. which I can understand. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it if you if you you're a monoball. I'm proud of having one. Did <laughs> it. have with when people I lie. I don't lie think about so because I think
1: that there are a variety of things that you could do. For example, I don't know if you've uh, given thought to what you want to happen to your body when you pass on yeah uh, well what's example, left of it what, they just it, keep yeah. cutting bits off <laughs> but for example yeah. you could have that ball uh replaced by maybe something like hollow with a trinket in it yeah or something that's got a higher melting point than the human body right. and bone and everything and then when you're ashes are there. Yeah. People like sift around in them and it's like, oh, nice pendant. So, what well, you're Rich saying been, I should treat my testicles like a kinder egg. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> a kinder egg with a lovely well. piece of jewellery <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. that's because, you know, you hear about uh, people using ashes to make artificial diamonds <laughs> yeah. and stuff so why don't you just get one step ahead of proceedings and keep an actual diamond where your old uh, old boy do. used to be.
0: Well, I was before all this happened. I, was, I do a podcast about clearing stones from a field and Within that pocket... You should listen to everyone. I don't know why you don't. Within that, I'd start discussing that I was, wanted to become immortal by replacing all my body parts with stones. <laughs> uh, and so I just became a stone man who would, could carry on forever just clearing stones, bit by bit. And then and, you know, then life gave me the opportunity to replace one of my stones with an actual stone, but they, uh, they wouldn't do it. I brought, yeah. I brought one in, they said it was unhygienic.
1: <laughs> it's really uh, reminds me of... Um, when uh, when I was a teenager, my mother had a hysterectomy, uh, and she was it, like a, a, a dropped womb, so I had to get the thing. And she, at one stage, just summoned me into the bathroom. It was like, "Oh, here, come in here!" She's just like pointing at her own womb hanging out of her, being like, "You used to live in here." <laughs> like, oh, that's pretty full on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when she was uh, amid all of the uh, very extraordinary things that she uh, said and did while on huge quantities of morphine after the surgery. Uh, was she, she asked uh, the surgeon if she would be allowed to keep her womb in a jar of formaldehyde yeah. uh, at home afterwards, and the surgeon said, no, we don't do that. And uh, there, from there ensued a real argument about the ownership of uh, yeah. body parts and everything. And to be fair, I see her point entirely. Yeah, I think well, that that should be offered on the NHS. So this, this like is... in, a, in, a, in a happier world, <laughs> you'd be able to go over to Wembley, Visit my mum and dad, and uh, you and mum could, like, toast with... You, you've got your ball there, and she's got her womb in the other jar and everything. No. Yeah. drinking the other hand, sure. Like yeah.
0: That. I was thinking you could, make, you could make a glass and put uh, body yeah. parts inside the glass. Uh, this is... Well, this is exactly the bit of the book. I'm writing a book about it, and this is exactly the part I'm on now, with, where, the, where I wanted to ask whether I could keep it. And it's the question that most people ask. And when she said, have you got any questions, I, I really wanted to ask whether I could have it back. And... But I felt the, the moment was too grave to. She, she looked so upset, the woman told her, telling me I was going to lose a testicle. That I thought if my first question was, <laughs> do I get to keep it? I thought she might be upset. So I just went, no, I haven't got any questions. Fine. But I wish I'd asked. But I think that is the, the answer. They don't really, let you, yeah. they don't yeah, really yeah. let you keep it. Wish I'd still got it. Could interview it. Could interview one, couldn't I? <laughs> I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a puppet of my testicle mm. that I taught in another of my I do a lot of different podcasts, yeah. say. <laughs> Um, and I, I talked to my testicle on the other podcast, so I don't...
1: It's m- really fascinating all of the shapes crises can take, isn't it? <laughs> it, was very, it was a very useful... Everyone should have one. In fact, we found out
0: the guy from... One of the guys from The Darkness, uh, Dan Hawkins, lost a, lost a testicle. And then at his, it was his wedding, the best man brought out a puppet of it and did a, did a routine with it. So great minds think of me and the bloke, not the main one from The Darkness. Yeah.
1: Great minds think alike. And like the darkness you said to the tumour, you're really growing on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, let's, uh, before we just talk about the current news that will be out of date by the time the podcast comes out, let's talk about, you're currently on tour. Yes. So you did a show in uh, Soho Theatre last year and you are now... Taking it about taking all yeah. around. I saw Loughborough and Leicester coming up soon, mm-hmm. probably before the, before this podcast before goes this airs. But uh, <laughs> places like
1: Edinburgh and Glasgow and Newcastle are definitely after this airs, so You're come right. to cool. those places. Uh,
0: and you can check on your website for for dates. So what's the show's called? Dress. Yeah. Is it the a sort of Eddie Izzard moment coming out? <laughs> He's already done it. No, no, you no. no.
1: I, th- I think I'd be a considerably less successful marathon runner as well. Uh, and. Uh, 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 Although, and I think that sort of bilingual comedy in French has more appeal than Gujarati in, uh, <laughs> in Britain, because at least, I like, I, I can't, with Gujarati, you can't hoover up all of the people who reckon they remember something from GCSE. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> you know. uh, it's uh, also we do, uh, we we don't end uh, sentences in a pleasing way for punchlines, okay. uh, which is why, interestingly, if you ever listen to uh, Indian comedians doing uh, doing comedy in Hinglish, uh, sort of Hindi in English and so, uh, setups will very frequently be in Hindi, uh, and then the punchline will be in English, because you can end on harder words uh, in English uh, than the way that sentence structure works in other countries. And th- I think that that's probably an interesting reason why uh, English has been more of a conducive language to comedy uh, historically, and why the English-speaking world is um, so even beyond uh, the sort of obvious uh, impacts of centuries of, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in that case did the, the audience have to get together in the interval and the the english people explain what the the punchline was <laughs> <and> the <laughs> indian people explain but what the setup was it, it was really fun <laughs> and then they go, oh <laughs> yeah that was a
1: good towards the end of 2017 uh i uh, did a tour of a bunch of indian cities with lauren patterson uh, a british comedian yep. uh, I think, but a uh, lot of the indian comedians who we were watching when we were out there were doing this sort of hinglish thing and so it was fascinating because lauren was obviously getting every punchline and no setup <laughs> right. but uh, and everything so but it was also fascinating that because she's a great comic uh, she was like able to work back from punchlines <laughs> quite frequently. and be like, "Oh, that's a cracking joke," and that's a really amazing thing. Of like just through just through the rhythm of it and the structure of it and the delivery of it, yeah. uh, she knew the joke despite the fact that she couldn't uh, understand half of it. Uh, in its language. It's very, very cool. That's good, yeah. So what is the, what's your new
0: stand-up show about?
1: Yes, so Dress was basically just a chronicle of everything that's happened from the point where we were told that we weren't allowed to do stand-up anymore uh, to this point, uh, right? And uh, wanting to do a show about the sort of time that we've had where, you know, as a stand-up, you normally go and you collect experiences and report back on your experiences. Unfortunately, recently, we all just had the same experience, (laughs) uh, which makes that relatively difficult. But I thought, uh, what are uh, things in the way that uh, my life went but the way that I see the way that politics reacted and society has reacted uh, that might be sort of interesting uh, to discuss about it? And of course, like, it's been interesting even over these last few months because, uh, when I started even first performing this show back towards the tail end of last year, my position was gosh, we have all been through this, but all is a really important word uh, in that. Uh, right? And like whoever you are, like, you know, we all saw the photo of the Queen at Prince Philip's funeral. It doesn't matter if you're the Queen or anyone, it's, we've, we've all <laughs> done <laughs> 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 this thing. And now I feel like a bit of a fucking mug, to be honest. With you. But, uh, the, I'm still glad uh, the, the cabinet came to the show, and there was not a laugh. Again. I, was, I don't identify with any of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, how was how do audiences react? Because that's the sort of the question is when you when you we've all been through COVID do that that was the sort of the thing would, would would people want to hear jokes about it or is it mm. is it a way of dealing with last week's guest which you don't know people here in the audience but people at home do know was uh, David Cross mm. uh, who I did uh, yeah who I talked to online <laughs> from America <laughs> uh, and uh, his his new special is is quite a lot of it's about covid mm. uh, and 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 I and I sort of think maybe it you know I I, I talked to him about the fact that he that after 9/11 Comedians had to work out whether they were going to do jokes about 9 11 or not. Yeah. And that actually it was helpful to people on the whole to do jokes about 9 11. And I wonder if the COVID is the same or whether people are just so fed up of it that they want to.
1: I don't like it, it. Really, I think, as with absolutely any subject, like I don't think that there's any subject that shouldn't be a subject for comedy or no. what have you. But I just think that there are subjects that are obviously easier or more difficult. And it depends on how you're going to address them yeah. uh, uh, and what you're going to do with them. Uh, right, so certainly, like, no, do I think that anyone's interested in hearing jokes about the fact that at some point about two years ago it was briefly difficult to get toilet paper owing to certain supply chain constraints uh, and whatnot? It's like Works no, for the work for them. <laughs>
0: yeah. Those two, those two, loved it. those two loved it. Remember that? Remember it? Do you remember COVID? It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh,
1: uh, like, oh, I don't like. What's that find... all about? <laughs> Whose idea was that? <laughs> Uh, so like while that's not particularly interesting uh, I think for example the fact that in a way that we still properly don't acknowledge the fact that for most living people this is uh, in a society like ours this is the largest collective psychological trauma that we've been through uh, and it's like what are we are we just supposed to go oh that was weird pub (laughs) And like I, I know full well that you know many people would rather that was how uh, everyone reacted, so that it would feel less odd that uh, when you were standing alone, looking at your ceiling, uh, the prime minister was doing what the prime minister was doing. Yeah. Sorry, former prime minister was doing uh, what the former prime minister was doing. Uh, and the current prime minister was looking out of his window next door <laughs> thinking, holy shit, I'm gonna get a job soon. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I think, I think it is uh, interesting on that front. That, and just the fact that there, there were all of these things that we thought about when we were so pent up. And it's like the, the way that I thought about it, it was like every day was like a dress rehearsal for what life actually would feel like if I were doing it, but I wasn't doing the real thing sure. uh, at any stage. And now it's actually possible to be here as we are now doing life yeah. uh, again. And that's a thing that, sure, I don't want to dwell on for huge amounts of time, either professionally or in my own life, uh, personally, but I think that at this particular juncture is a really interesting thing to reflect on.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Well, I think it's it, it sort of because of what, it, funnily enough, with Relativity, I had to decide whether I was gonna address COVID or not. And, uh, and I thought, actually, it was, so, it was so useful in terms of, you know, the fra- everything was sort of about fracturing in that series, so the, 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 everyone being kept apart Mm. Was was really useful and to explain <clears throat> to explain what you know the time had passed and we'd been through COVID, but it was sort of like, will the, when this goes out next year <laughs> in June or something yeah. in twenty twenty this year now, it, it, will will this in two still, will, or three variants, yeah, well this still we might be back or we so you know it was, it was a it was a difficult choice to do it, but I thought I thought kind of it, it worked well, but obviously it, lots of lots of dramas will try and cover it yeah. and and comedians will, but most comedians are sort of doing the shows they were doing. And certainly the moment where they, they were touring and then it yeah. stopped and now they're trying to pick up the tour and carry on from where they were. Yeah, for sure. Something.
1: And that's like, that's totally understandable. So I did yeah. a similar thing where uh, when I filmed my last show, it was supposed to be filmed on the 31st of March, 2020. Obviously that didn't happen. Uh, and it was filmed instead on June the 6th, 2021. And I didn't suddenly sort of tear everything up and be like, and now I will be doing a COVID show <laughs> uh, for this. That was a sort of, Yeah, but, I mean, usefully, from my perspective, that show was entirely about uncertainty. So (laughs) it sort of did end up gelling quite well with the world as it existed at the time.
0: Well, one thing that probably people didn't all experience, which happened to you possibly during COVID times and lockdown, Mm. was that you got scurvy.
1: Is that true? That was actually just before uh, (laughs) the COVID (laughs) period. Yes, yes. Um, Listen. It turns out... (laughs) Yeah that if for a period of, let's call it about two months, very little passes your lips that is not gin or crisps, (laughs) you can yourself begin to exhibit the telltale signs (laughs) of scurvy, despite the fact that you are not, and I cannot stress this enough, never have been an 18th century naval explorer. (laughs) And I would have been fine if I put lime in the gin. <laughs>
0: that's,
1: that's what hurts the most, I think.
0: Did you self-diagnose scurvy, but you're pretty sure it was scurvy?
1: Well, I mean, if you have all of the symptoms of scurvy and they go away after you drink a cup of Tropicana, <laughs> it's like, look, I'm not a doctor, I just look and sound like I'd be an excellent one. Uh, so uh, <laughs> That's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. And, uh, well, look, because the other day I got into... An, 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 when I had COVID, I tweeted something like, oh, yeah, th- thanks to that guy who fucked that bat, OK? You know, just that joke. Mm, mm. You, well done for that. Uh, and someone said, in light of the fact that the coronavirus was probably a leak from a lab, I don't think... Why don't you do a joke addressing that? And I said, because that isn't as funny as... I don't think, I don't think a bloke really fucked it, a bat, so, so it's, someone... it's, a, it's, a, it's a joke.
1: <laughs> Wait, hold on, Richard. I just, I just want to, I, just want to stop here, and I know that this is going to interrupt the flow of the podcast. But are you suggesting that someone was behaving like a pointless jobs work on social media, and just sort of ruining yeah. people's fun? Yeah, well, but, you know, and,
0: tra- and arguing with a joke. Yeah, you know, yeah, arguing yeah. with a joke and no, saying this doesn't seem. It would be nice if it would be yeah. nice if you covered that in your comedy. So then yeah. I did. I started adding that to when I did that. Joke. <laughs> or, or fucked a pangolin or something. It was meant to be a pangolin. Yeah. yeah. See, it wasn't about. It was a pangolin. Okay. It was a joke. It works better as a joke. But you do, do. you do a bit about the conspiracy theories or the the origins? Of... I
1: do. Well, I do. Well, we'll never know. You know, we'll, okay. never, we'll never know. We'll, we'll never, never know, know how it That's started. The thing. Look, it it started. It started in the Huanan seafood market in the yeah. city of Wuhan in the Hubei province of China. And at this point, two years ago, out of those things I'd heard of China, uh, <laughs> right? Huanan wasn't even my top five seafood markets at the time. Uh, right. I'm a Londoner, Billingsgate. Right, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's, that's where it started. It, uh, it started at the Huanan Seafood Market in the city of Wuhan in the Hubei province of China. And uh, for those listeners who are less familiar than I am with the city of Wuhan and its internal geography, uh, the Huanan Seafood Market is a very short drive from the virus factory. <laughs> Uh, which we've just decided not to talk about because it's quite awkward yeah. uh, and everything. I find I find it absolutely fascinating to talk about.
0: Yeah, well, talk, I mean, I mean, but it's only that's the only reason. There's no evidence aside aside from the fact that there is a, a laboratory that makes coronaviruses
1: nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are other ones. that... Yeah, don't, no. Don't, listen, but, we're going to have to wait for the findings of Sue Gray's reports on the, <laughs> 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 what actually happened. Uh, it, to, to be honest, we will actually never know. And that's what yeah. really frightens me about the nature of totalitarian and authoritarian regimes, right? Because uh, anything is just uh, inevitably regardless of what... Is that China or here you're talking about now, though? <laughs> <laughs> China, mercifully, uh, not quite as bad here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no. Like, personally, I, you know, I hope that it was a natural origin in the seafood market because I'm a huge fan of coincidences, and you'd have to admit that would be the best coincidence in human history, right? Because could you imagine being someone who works at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, turning up to work on a Monday morning and just being like, lads, here went up into the fish market over the weekend. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, there that. We have been operating under lax biosecurity procedures for quite some time, but yeah. Turns out it was the poor guy with the Dover soul over there, you know? Anyway, uh, to celebrate the fact that we had nothing to do with it, shall we spend the rest of the week deleting emails for no reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> Great fun, but we'll
0: never know. We'll never know. No, but, you know, someone, someone,
1: someone will say in the end all these
0: conspiracy theories. Someone will come out in the end and say. It. That's why you know most of the conspiracies aren't theories aren't true because someone eventually someone say I helped get the Paul McCartney bloke to yeah. come in and be in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could probably make some money out of admitting that now, it's long enough ago that you know Paul McCartney, the new Paul McCartney's done well. we don't need he's done he's written probably better stuff than the first one (laughs) he won't mind if I was Paul McCartney I I would I'd I'd just say it it was true anyway um so we we might find out we might find out what the truth of it is but is it I mean it's better that it comes from I think it's better that it comes from a laboratory than it occurred naturally because if it occurs naturally it could occur naturally again yeah. Whereas if it's come from a laboratory, they'll probably tighten up procedures a bit for now.
1: Well, isn't the point that like natural occurrence of this sort of thing occurs all the time? Yeah. Like, I mean, well, there was that um, lad uh, named after a duck uh, who got bird flu. The guy who lives with ducks. Um, Here. In this country. M- Mallard... <laughs> No, no, no. It's like the guy. It was called Mr. Gosling, and no, he lived probably. with twenty ducks, <laughs> okay. and he got bird flu. <laughs> it's happened know. like a couple of weeks ago. Okay, I everything. But it do, it's just that human, human to human transmission is very rare. Whereas, like yeah. getting sick from animals if you work on a farm is something that happens all the time. Sure. So yeah, that's. Uh, I if, mean, there'll be we... more.
0: It's gonna. We're just gonna be pandemics here till yeah, the, end, yeah.
1: the end of civilization. Well, if we are going to insist on sort of factory farming and yeah. feeding animals loads of antibiotics all the time, then yeah. Mm.
0: Do you think it's the planet Earth fighting back sure. against? The biggest virus <laughs> <laughs> could be. Uh, it's interesting to talk about it, and I think you. Sort of, well, I read in, in a newspaper you're saying that like the the reason people resist the the laboratory explanation is because Donald Trump said it, and it sort of feels wrong to a- agree with Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's possible, but you know, we sort of it probably is one of those things that I don't know. If I did, just imagine being whoever it was who started it, if they if they didn't die from it, if the bloke fucking the bat took off the bat off his cock, <laughs> said, said sorry, you're you're pretty much dead now. Um, sorry. it was one, it was a beautiful moment. If you if you were the person, that you, if you survived, Hey you'd be guilty at the bat, but you'd be feel, feel pretty guilty, wouldn't you? you you'd you'd su- go oh blimey, yeah, that yeah. was a, look what, look what I did. Like one bat. Um, so I hope he, I hope he, I hope he knows. Um, so if people want to find out about the uh, the tour dress, mm. go to com. Uh, yeah, good. Got the dot .com. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice work. I was thinking, uh, is Ahir Shah? That must be quite a common name. The uh, Shah is an yeah, extremely common name. Ahir, Ahir not. is not. No.
1: Okay. No. Uh, very very few of the very few of the Ahirs, but extra uh, ten a penny. You can't you can't. The swing a cat in Leicester for hitting a shark.
0: Okay, yeah. Because <laughs> I was saying to you, because we, you were going to Loughborough, and I used to live in Loughborough, and my best friend at Loughborough was at school when I was eight years old, When I, then we had to leave, uh, was called Satish Patel. And that, And I've looked, I've tried to find him on Google, and it's been very difficult to find him. Uh, but, you know, he must feel the same. There's a lot of Richard Herring, so he probably, you know, he's probably struggling to yeah, find... Yeah. He's pretty desperate to find me as well and rekindle our friendship. And none of them are particularly well-known. No. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy at the Wharton University in America called Richard Herring. Maybe Satish Patel's got in touch with him. Richard Herring in America's gone, yeah, I can string this guy along. I could can, I can get a friend. He was a nice guy. Satish, she was good. If you're listening, Satish,
1: I miss you. I miss you. If you're listening, Satish, yeah. I can think of nothing more satisfying than you to appear in public arm-in-arm arm with Stuart Lee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. We yes, did, please. We did do, did do a few um, back in the last couple of appearances, so hopefully we won't double up. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, go random. Um, that's no good for you. Have you ever walked around a hotel room in your pants drinking miniatures from the minibar and pretending you're a drunk, partially naked giant? (laughs) Without the giant part, sure.
1: (laughs) I I feel as though that's uh, almost certainly how... Maybe I should do that. Maybe I'll do that on this tour.
0: Yeah, what kind of establishments are you staying... Do they have minibars in the kind of hotels you're staying in or are you sort of going travelodge,
1: premier in? Well, I, d- I don't know yet, because I've not been to any okay. of them yet. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting thing for me to find out. Uh, I, th- I think, look, it- it'll be bleak. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but what, a, what a nice thing to be able to take a photograph of myself in the mirror of a hotel room drinking a miniature bottle of Gordons or something uh, in my boxers and send it to a colleague, i.e. you, and have it be entirely professionally appropriate. (laughs) That's
0: That's true. It's interesting about where, you know, I think like when we first toured, and nobody came to see Lee and Herring when we first toured, and we stayed in quite posh hotels, and so most of the budget went on the you know three or four rooms rather to stay in like the, an expensive hotel mm. which would have a minibar and now when I tour I tried to stay in the absolute cheapest place I could stay in yeah. which isn't like I mean I've stayed I, I've mentioned this a lot but when I was in Swansea I stayed in a hotel where the toilet was in the room it was in like a an alcove yeah yeah <laughs> Which hotel was it in Swansea? I can't remember, but it was, I mean, it was cheap. It was a cheap hotel, but I didn't stay in, the, I didn't stay in that hotel. Because I
1: swear, like, last time I was in tour in Swansea, I stayed in the most expensive room of the most expensive hotel in Swansea, and it was like 80 quid.
0: <laughs> well, that would get, that. I'm surprised you didn't own the hotel after that. Yeah. Walk, where are you going, sir? This is your home. You live here. <laughs> You've bought every single room. In <laughs> It was 20 quid, my one. So, you know, I think for 80, you get a toilet in a different room or at least just a curtain to pull in front of... (laughs) around
1: you. I, I, had a, I had a bath in the, my room, you know, a bathtub yeah. in the room for, for about 80 quid. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realise I was being such a little princely.
0: <laughs> well, a bath in the room is kind of a romantic, not even your own so much, but you, yeah. you can have a wank. I yeah. genuinely, no.
1: Uh, you genuinely, I genuinely I, d- I didn't have a wank, but <laughs> I was I was in that bath alone reading Lady Chatterley's Lover. <laughs> so, uh, That's story. quite a nice <laughs> thing. But it's
0: not, a toilet It's not the same dish. It's not you go, well, let's no. go for a romantic... <laughs> Weekend away. Oh, there's the toilet in the middle of the room. I'd I'd need a shit before we have sex. Yeah, sorry. Just try not to, I hope this doesn't put you off. Could be that you know, for certain people. Could make Andy McCache, I could make the could it?
1: Uh, my, my friend's parents were looking to, when they were sort of downsizing after kids were away and retirement and whatnot, and were looking at a couple of flats uh, in London, and they saw one flat that they did eventually buy, uh, but they were, uh, were put onto another one by their uh, estate agent and the estate, uh, and they were like, no, this is ridiculous, something's wrong, this is much more square footage or whatever you, that we're looking at, like this is gonna be. It's like, no, no, come come along to the flat, come along to the flat, because it was right around the corner from where they got. Um, and that was a flat like that was for a flat designed for odd sex people
0: right. <laughs>
1: uh, and that was so we're talking like jacuzzi in the middle of the bedroom uh, and yeah all the swings and shit like bathrooms all over the place
0: <laughs> they could take the swings down couldn't they when yeah. people were looking around <laughs> I suppose it's the same for the right person there's nothing odd about unusual sexual choices I right hear <laughs> I'm
1: woke, unlike this guy. I'm woke. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for kink shaming you <laughs> for having a toilet in the middle of your bedroom.
0: That's wrong. Anything involving shit or we is wrong. And if you do that, you're disgusting. But, the, uh, but everything else, you're allowed to do anything else in the wonderful world of sex. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, if you want to do it, I don't fancy that. Mm. Don't fancy that. I don't think, I find it difficult weeing like standing next to another person. <laughs> so if I, I, mean, I don't want to be weed on, but I would find it very difficult to wee on
1: someone because
0: I just, I, I, you know, do you have that shy bladder? Shy, be shy. Wee on me, but I can't, I'm embarrassed. <laughs>
1: An ex-girlfriend once told me of a couple that she knew yeah. who, like that, was their thing, mm-hmm. weighing on each other and whatnot, nothing, absolutely, uh, nothing and everything. We- which to each their own. That's the thing mm-hmm. that they were. But um, then I just, they split up, uh, and I was like really weirdly affected by the breakup <laughs> of two because I'm like that must be hard to find. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like, mean, if you need
0: the, that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, But I guess you know you
1: can take. So taste, it's like you taste... try and make it work more than yeah.
0: you would if. I just, towards the end of the relationship, I would just be collecting some of the wee as it dripped off me into a beaker, into a <laughs> And then you could say to your next partner, could you just pour, could you just pour that on my face? <laughs> Make sure you catch it. I'll, I'll lie in a drip tray. <laughs> so, so we can, unless you want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. OK. Do you mind pouring my ex lover's urine over me?
1: It's like, like a recycling, like in Dune. <laughs> yeah. They have to do it in space. That's what they have to do. If they want to have
0: sex, urine sex games in space, they have to recycle their urine. They can Too far? So there's a lot. There's, I think there's a high proportion of people in this audience who like being weed on because they've gone very quiet and they've gone very upset. It's all fine. Whatever you want to do is fine. As long as everyone's happy with it. Got and wearing protective glasses of some kind. Put me
1: off my tea. That's why there was a shortage of PPE, it was all your audience hogging it. (laughs) Okay,
0: I'll ask ask you something safer, which we can't get into uh, uh, any trouble
1: with. Do sperm have dreams? (laughs) What do you reckon? Do sperm have dreams? Well, the thing is, so I uh, have given up, uh, so, so I gave up smoking a while ago and I was on the vape for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then in mid-December, I yeah. stopped that. I promise this is going somewhere. I promise this is going somewhere. But so uh, for the last few weeks, I've been having a nicotine patch on my arm. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that if you fall asleep with your nicotine patch still on you, yeah. your dreams are like a thousand times more intense okay. than your dreams are normally. So I would say... Under normal circumstances, no, sperm don't have dreams. But currently, when I forget to take my nicotine patch off of an evening, my sperm have dreams. There must be something driving the
0: sperm onwards, right? They're living entities of some kind. And they have this... I mean, they have a dream in the the Martin Luther King sense. (laughs) And their dream is to impregnate an egg, right? That is what they... They don't even know it, but that's what they're driven... I have a dream that out of this six hundred million sperm, it'll be me. I'll be the one.
1: So, it, so it's less chance than winning the lottery. I think ride. Dr. King's dream was slightly less individualistic. <laughs> it <was>. than, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like they had a dream in the Martin Luther King sense of
0: only me. Yeah. It's the other. It's the
1: opposite way around. Yeah.
0: I have a dream that I'll be the best one, and everyone else will die. <laughs> I think that that was the dream that he
1: was very much fighting against. (laughs) That was the nightmare that he was aware of. But, you know, for sperm...
0: I mean, you know, I've I've been thinking about this a lot because of my book. Mm. Testicles are an amazing thing. Even one of them is amazing on its own. But, you know, given how... I mean, I've got two, not to brag. Given how many... That's fine, I can deal with it. Uh, Given how many sperm we create in our lives and how few children... Even Alexander the Great maybe had a thousand children. But, you know, he still produced... 600 million sperm every time he ejaculated. So it's, it's like half a, half a bath full of sperm in your life. It's a disappointing amount, isn't it? That's really... In your life, you'll produce half a bath full of sperm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what size the bath is. <laughs> that isn't... I guess it's a standard. But if you and a friend yeah, could fit yeah, yeah. in a in your lifetime, if you got together, so, could fill a bath of a sperm. It,
1: so what you're saying is that it could half fill a bath in a Swansea hotel room or overfill a toilet in a Swansea <laughs> yeah, exactly. hotel room? Yeah,
0: probably would <laughs> uh, probably seep over the top of the yeah. toilet.
1: So, you know, given that,
0: there's a lot of wastage going on there, isn't there? Mm. So you know, there's mm. a lot that... So the ones that get there and succeed out of all the sperm just you've created, that you one creates. Yeah. The one that makes it is an incredible story. And then they become a sentient, with the help of an egg, they become a, a yeah. sentient human being. Well,
1: When you think about it, every human being is a tremendous disappointment, aren't they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> Given the odds and everything that yeah. they're stacked against.
0: <laughs> the amazing odds of being here, and then this is you, and then what do you do with your time? And then, yeah. bang, it's gone.
1: Like, this afternoon, I was too tired to nap. <laughs> <laughs> As, and my dad shot over half a billion goats. Yeah. <laughs> like, just that one time. Imagine how crap the other
0: ones were, though, if you were the supreme one. But, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of them don't even get... A lot of them might be a fantastic one, and then they get out and, oh, you know, I'm in a handkerchief. I'm over... I'm on someone's bottom. <laughs> Wonder if I can get my way round. Maybe
1: that's why, because you know, like sometimes after a wank you will feel more sad than one normally would after a wank. And maybe that's when you know that you've lost a particularly good (laughs) (laughs) Like that was there was some really like high quality progeny (laughs) in that one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and you think about it, each of those sperm could potentially breed with any of the available eggs in the planet at that time. So the number of potential human lives you're destroying every time you have a wank is, like, infinitesimal almost. Yeah. It's a huge... Nightmare. The Nobel
1: Prize is lost. Yeah.
0: Well.
1: It's a boy, isn't it? I don't think that... I mean, I don't have children yet. I know that you have children, and I don't want to speak to their futures, but yeah. I don't think that you or I will have children who win Nobel Prizes, no. given that we are currently on a stage in Oxford <laughs> Circus talking about calm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the parents of the science people (laughs) do but it's probably not that
0: but maybe by doing this we'll drive our children into something more honourable and noble (laughs) we don't want to end up like them quick, work hard at school (laughs) let's work out physics Um, okay, we'll do one more
1: Richard, between the two of us we have degrees from Oxford and Cambridge working hard at school does fuck all (laughs) that's true
0: that's true don't become like us um, let's see I'll, I'll ask you this then uh, do you remember the first time that a childhood enthusiasm was crushed and broken <laughs> it's a dispiriting time my son's actually going through this now I think I think he's sort of like you know he's about he's four and a, half, well, four and a bit and it's the time when you sort of start to realise like he was upset today because of school because someone had not liked the game you wanted to play and someone had said it was a stupid game. And that's, you know, it doesn't... Yeah. It, you, if you have four or five years, sometimes a bit longer. The one I remember is like going to my first disco when I was about nine and really enjoying dancing and then my friend saying, you were really shit at dance.
1: Oh, that's horrible.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was right, but it's, I mean, I'd really enjoyed it yeah. and then been made to feel like going, oh, I, would ne- I'll ne- I will never dance again and I never have... <laughs> And I could have been. I could have been a dancer. <laughs>
1: have they asked you on Strictly? <laughs> they
0: ha- uh, no, they haven't. I don't think I would do Strictly.
1: You don't? I don't
0: think I would do Strictly.
1: Oh. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. My mum uh, and dad. Would hold be on. Y- you guys don't know how to manipulate him yet. I've heard Stewart's doing Strictly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey. If Stuart does it, I'll dance with
1: Stuart. Like, that's,
0: how, that's, that's how. Stuart. That's how sure I am that he will not. If he ever does, strictly come dancing. Yeah. No, the,
1: the first time that a child, like. Well, I don't know. I suppose you have a certain conception of the world uh, when you're. Tra- I, I suppose that when I found out racism was a thing that existed okay. in the world, that yeah. uh, that sort of really uh, does a bit of a one eighty on your uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, on some of your preconceptions of yeah. how everything was going to work when you were little. Uh, so yeah, that'll do it. That'll do that'll it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> as good as my dancing one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what was I there's uh, there's other stuff I want to talk to you about. Um I heard heard little Dicky Bird backstage, told it was you, told yeah. me <laughs> that you've just got engaged. Yes, I have. That's very Congratulations. true. Congratulations. Thank you. I used yeah. It's good to see young love, isn't it? Hopeful young love. <laughs> do you think it's too early for you or do you think it's a good idea? Uh, <laughs> I got I got engaged when I was uh, 40. Five, I think. Right, okay. maybe for no, I know it's just before I got married, so I was forty. <laughs> we got, I got, it was very close to when we when we got married because I think my wife just thought we have to get on with this before he, before he changes his mind or before I change my mind. Probably she thought. Um, yeah, so I was in my I was in my mid to late forties when I. Uh, yeah. It's ten years now. I, I was in my mid forties. It's 10 years this year we got married. You're, yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean,
1: technically, if you want to think of it in a way, like, technically, you were in your extremely late 20s. <laughs> <laughs> it, was te- it was, I was, this time 10 years ago, I was engaged.
0: Oh. Yeah. What? And now, and now I look back and go, why did I get married? I could have escaped.
1: This is, I'm, this is just what I'm saying. Uh, just so letting you know, there's still a chance to
0: get out of it.
1: <laughs> no, and pass off the opportunity to be doing this ten years from now. Richard.
0: <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm still very happy. I don't, I can't speak for my wife because she won't talk to me anymore. But the, uh, I, I'm, i you know, So I, 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 I was
1: 30. So I was yeah. uh, two thirds of your age yeah. uh, when, when you went for it. Yeah, uh, and everything. But how, how long were you engaged for then? You say it was very not very
0: long. So we got engaged, I think, in sort of December. We got married in. Um,
1: I want to say April. Uh, I should work that out
0: because there's a 10th anniversary coming up. I think it might be April the 7th. I think that might be when it is. I can't remember my kid's birthday. I I keep on getting my wife's birthday wrong on a COVID form. I keep on thinking it's the. It's easy to remember because it's not. She's born in October 1980, and I keep saying 2010, 80, and it's 21. You know, it's easy to remember. It's not all the noughts. But I keep on putting, I put 20 down on one of her COVID forms when I was filling it in for her, and then we just had to keep on lying about her. <laughs> they wouldn't let, when we filled in the next one, they wouldn't let go. There is a mistake. This is, doesn't match up. So I had to keep on lying about her age by one day. Um, but, uh, and when we got married, they ask you, they take you, they make you go into a room to ask questions about each other and answer questions about you. Have a check you're not just trying to you know, cheat the system. Oh shit,
1: what are the questions that you get asked? I should probably what, prep on this. What,
0: what is their birth, their date of birth?
1: <laughs> right. I <Okay>. got wrong. <laughs> but I think that proves
0: it's real, yeah. right? Because if you had been, that's one of the things, if you were trying to lie, lie about it, yeah. you would really have swatted up on that. Well, so the I fact mean, you get it wrong proves you, you're real. Me. It's mean, real. Well.
1: Emma's birthday is the day after my father's okay uh, not also in 1950. But, uh, so I don't think I'll forget that one. okay that's, uh, that's good okay that's good. I stand in good stead.
0: okay, so you'll get that one um, that was about it <laughs> was the, they weren't very rigorous about it. Um, but you know there's you know, still young man there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there these days it's not even you know you can, you can get married to anyone now get married to furniture now if you want that way. that's the way that they said that would happen didn't they and it
1: did get married you can marry your dog now yeah unfortunately through, through a sequence of bizarre events i now have to marry jeremy Irons.
0: no it's very good news it's very it's the best thing that ever happened to me but i wait you know i waited because i wanted to test every single potential partner first before oh, my fiancé sends her regards, by <laughs> <the way.
1: laughs>
0: I'm just trying to work out if logistically that would be legal. She would have been uh, 20, about, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, so, that, so my wife was the winner. So that's, you know, I just don't think it's fair. <laughs> I don't think it's really romantic. My mum and dad with, met when they were 14 mm. and have been together ever since. And they're now eight in the mid-80s, so they've been together for 70 years, but have never even been out with anyone else. Though my mum... Told me she used to play. A, they used to play a game. I would put this in relativity. Then we took it out. Uh, they used to play a game called. A uh, couple of them. There was one called Winky. They used to play. <laughs> <laughs> like a group of kids in a church, hall in uh, in Middlesbrough. Uh, they would they would be in a circle, and then there'd be one spare gut boy who would walk around, and then a girl would wink at him, or he'd wink at the girl, and then he'd start snogging that girl, and then they'd have to go. So they, should, they were quite. They were doing all this. These snogging games that were quite racy as teenagers. <laughs> so they've said they were the only people they've ever been with, but they've, they, you know, they've, they've snogged a few yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. apparently Barber. like swinging events. Yeah, don't swing, count, swinging but, uh, in a Churchill. Um, but yeah, so 70. But is it romantic to be with the first person you ever, like a Miranda in the Tempest? Mm. I don't know. Person?
1: Well, I guess uh, that's, it's true for my parents as well, yeah. that they've uh, only been with one another. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it, in a way, like that sort of, I don't, it, it kind of ruins that whole thing for you, right? Because you're like, "Oh, that's what happens." <laughs> that you just uh, you meet someone and you're like, "Oh, like, and we will be married forever." And then that obviously yeah. isn't the way that life works out for the vast majority of people. Uh, and so you're sort of like, "Oh, well, that was, was yes." Yeah, so I think I, that, I, I was sold a bit of a pup. Well, but I genuinely
0: uh, think that I gen- I genuinely thought I'd marry my first girlfriend. And so when I didn't, I kind of it felt like because my parents are such a good example, I sort of felt like I'd failed. Mm. And then had to sleep with everybody, as <laughs> <is>. <laughs> and, sleep with and that must have been awful for you. It was, it was bad. Yeah, it was. You know, it's not not a good way to go. But at least, you know, I've got my memories, uh, so <laughs> at least I can look back. Um, but yeah, so it's good. It's good. It's good that love still prospers and.
1: Yeah, very much so. Well, the, uh, the, so um, Emma and I had not known one another uh, very long at all uh, before it was just like. Oh well, I th- I think that probably we're just going to be together forever. So let's just get married uh, mm-hmm. and everything. And so it all it all happened extremely suddenly. You, you know, know, they all start like that. Uh, kind of, like, yeah. Every
0: relationship starts like that. No, uh, <laughs> and then and, about uh, a third of them doesn't work. No, no I, I I'm fully prepared. I, uh,
1: weirdly, uh, so in uh, Hinduism, you can get. Uh, uh, astrological chart done, yeah. uh, based on the specific time and place that you were born, and the stars will sort of indicate your uh, future. So if astrology is to believe, then uh, to be believed, then Emma will be the first of several wives. Okay. but uh, <laughs> uh, 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 but uh, she she does not approve of that interpretation of astrology. Okay, that's, that's... Um, but uh, yes, and so Emma was telling uh, so a couple of her housemates are sort of together uh, and have been for many years. Uh, now and so she told them and Chris and Courtney and she told Courtney that this had happened and Courtney said like this is amazing but like, I mean it's it's very sudden like the two of you you've not been together uh you've only been together like a month this is all like what, what's going on and uh, Chris just said well I guess when you know you know. <laughs> <laughs> and i was not there when that happened and i've never wanted to be in a comic moment <laughs> to, uh, more in my life to just uh, that i ever tell it just like his face cycling through <laughs> about 17 different emotions <laughs> in the space of two seconds uh, as he tried to ascertain exactly how much trouble he was in <laughs>
0: oh no it's it is a lovely I, I remember my first like it wasn't even really my first date with Katie is when I she came to London and I said uh, let's meet up and uh talk about she went, the comedy scene and stuff I'll take you out for dinner and stuff I was it, you know it was a date in my mind but it wasn't in her mind uh and I kind of had to stop myself saying I'm pretty sure we're gonna get married and have kids I didn't say it so don't say it on the first date but I I, felt, I I absolutely felt it on the first day I thought we we're gonna have two kids mm. boy and a girl Ooh.
1: <laughs> see the future um so what? Oh, it's a... Wait, I, I did want to ask uh, yeah. the Richard because I remember the show that you did sort of quite early in your relationship uh, with Katie, where you talked about the Ferrero Rocher doubling oh, yes. and yeah. everything. So how many? This this podcast I believe is going out two days after Valentine's That's Day. That's true. So do you know how many Ferrero Rocher? Uh, we've we did agree to someone two to the ten. That it is. Ten, uh... Well, no, because it's more, because it's four,
0: it's probably the 15th Valentine's Day, I think, if we were to get the four years before we got married. So it's two to the 15, and 16, 32, 64, uh, 28. Fift, 28, 256. 256, 512, 1,000, 2,000, 4,000. You know, it's, it's not that many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that might, but it might have been where, it might have been 20, was 2020 in the, in the routine? I kind of worked out, you know, I, I, I mentioned the numbers, so I should know the numbers of 2020. I think in about 2030, it's when it's in millions. <laughs> we stopped doing it because, it, you know, she actually doesn't like Roshley that much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it turns out.
0: <laughs> I think we did it dubbed to about, I think I got a 256. Oh. Um, I think that was I think that was the last time we did it and then we said should we just do like one from now on and I went yeah and then I haven't done it at all for the last few (laughs) but you know it would be weird if I'd carried on wouldn't it if we had decided to bankrupt ourselves for for a joke
1: I think 256 is a really good amount though because that's enough for you can have a Ferrero Rocher every day of the year that you remember like oh I can have a Ferrero Rocher because sometimes you'll forget Yeah. like I feel as though Probably, I take 256 antidepressants a year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. It's uh, you know, 109 south of the ideal, but uh, <laughs> you're travelling, you know? But <laughs> she was
0: meant to keep all the Frere Rocher to build a massive pyramid with, so she w- really, they should all just be sitting in a cupboard somewhere, slowly rotting. The early ones just desiccate. I mean, they're quite desiccated anyway. I don't like Frere Rochers. I'm quite, I was quite happy to buy a because I wouldn't really want to eat them myself either. Like, if there was Maltesers, I'd have eaten them before she got them.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what, is, what have you got coming up after the tour, or during the tour even? Is there anything, apart from Relativity? Uh,
1: yes, well, Relativity, of yeah. course. Uh, I think that there's, there's a show called The Island, uh, which is going to be on Dave. Uh, oh, yes. I think it will be during the tour uh, of uh, me, Sarah Pasco, Johnny Vegas, and Ninia Benjamin uh, sort of being in charge of our own little uh islands and making them our, our fantasy worlds uh to engage in so that mm-hmm. that'll be uh, a bit of fun and uh, after that i don't know every, everyone is yelling at me to r- write a book and you've written an intimidating number of them <laughs> that are on the table next to you so i think theoretically i'm supposed to do that over the course of the next six months yes. it seems very frightening so if you have any it's tips
0: very hard are you going to write a, a, a biography or are you going to write a, a novel is it a novel or a or Something more it's personal. a sort of
1: combination memoir, uh, memoir and history of uh, immigration between Britain and India. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that as well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to give that a go. I've yeah, got, I'm yeah.
0: halfway through writing my book about balls. I'm quite yeah. bored of it, so I think I'll write a, that. I'll write, that in, I'll write half a book
1: it, about balls and then I'll Rich go... Is, <laughs> Richard started, to, started <laughs> insisting that the final letter of Rahesloper stands for Paki. <laughs> and it's... Uh, <laughs> not sure that that's appropriate at all. Uh...
0: Well, no, you should write a book. You're a very clever... Uh, I like to call you a young man because it
1: makes you feel good, doesn't it? It feels very nice it's when you it. call <laughs> me young, you're young to You're very young to me. <laughs> uh,
0: and, uh, yeah, you, it's. I think writing books is the hardest. I'm enjoying writing the one I'm doing, but it still takes so long, you know, to write a book. And compared to... Because stand-up shows, I, I find, re- I mean, certainly relatively. It's not easy, but it's it comes together in a, such an organic way, especially mm. if you I do a lot of it on stage. I don't really sit down and write much. Yeah, much. for sure. And so it's, that's organic and it comes out of you. And, but writing a book is like properly hard work. Our, ne- our next week's guest, I'm sure we will talk about, you know, who writes novels, which I think is uh, particularly difficult. Um, you know, if you write about yourself, you just have to remember what you did next. <laughs> <laughs> if you write a blog every day, you can just copy the blog out. <laughs> that's my advice to you. Uh, look, uh, it's great to have you on the show again and uh, hopefully get to catch uh, your show, uh, if if not live, because I've got two children. Hopefully it'll be recorded and I can watch it in the future on, on one of the many streaming services that are available. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the amazing Ahisha. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Hang around. You have been listening to... Rahula Stipper with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Ahir Shah. Thank you to Scantregard, who of course provide the music. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I am indebted, of course, to Chris Evans. Not that one or oh, that one. No, not the Daily Telegraph editor. No, not the MPs. The one from Wales, from GoFasterStrike.com. He's great. I'm indebted to George, the incompetent sound man. He's actually very good, as you can hear from this crystal clear recording. Uh, Thank you to everyone at the Phoenix in Cavendish Square for having us again. It's been a lovely, lovely time at this beautiful venue. Uh, Do come and see us on tour and at Leicester Square and Leicester and everywhere. richardherring.com slash gigs. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to GoFasterStripe.com slash badges to become a monthly badger and help us make even more content for you. More podcasts, movies we're making now. Everything's happening, don't worry.